Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Happy Tuesday. This is uh, some more uh, new format here for us for the offseason. Uh, as long as golf is kind of uh, absorbing all of the attention across the gambling landscape once we get to Thursday, I think uh, we're going to do our best to keep these coming early in the week. Uh, and uh, so far, so good. This is uh, this two-team-per-pod episode format. I am loving this. Um, it's been working out quite well. Uh, hopefully, you agree, Andy? Oh, I think so. We're finally letting them breathe, giving them, giving them a little room. We both joked about that afterwards when we did the yesterday's podcast. Like, man, we talked for 40 minutes about the fucking Bengals. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's funny? I, after we got out, like almost immediately after we ended it, I thought to myself, like, we didn't make an important point about them, which is that they are better off with like a four win season. <laughs> like, Think about if they could draft that offensive tackle out of Oregon, right? Like the next uh, Orlando Pace guy. Yeah, I, right? mean, like, I think we make like that point enough, like just in general, talking about all these teams that are going to have such a narrow, you know, range of outcomes between like six and ten. Or you know, but they, there's teams that are legitimately somewhere between like six and a half and nine and a half. And if they end up on the top end, they just get the shit kicked out of them in a wild card game. If they end up on the bottom end. They're still somewhere in the mid-teens for a draft pick. Where, yeah, like it, you don't want to be an eight and eight team ever. No, like there's no. I, I'm not sure if somebody has a case for that. Make the case for it on tweet at us. But you know, I, I get that. Like the fans like to see wins. It's better for maybe the morale, the team. Um, maybe maybe you could make a small case for like a free agent making a decision like how oh, this team is closer than we thought but man getting like no wins getting that number one or you know they're not gonna get zero wins i guess there's there's always a chance but getting a high draft pick when you're still in the middle of a rebuild mode like this it's perfect yeah like you it's said, perfect getting yeah that, getting a really high-end generational tackle like lineman. that yeah what's his what's that guy's name no idea. I don't follow college. <laughs> I gave up on it. This was the year I was going to get deep into college, and then we got Rona, and I said, oh, "I guess at least Penny Sewell." Penny Sewell. Yeah, this is a yeah generational like pasta dish. Like it sounds yeah. delicious. <laughs> I believe he's Simone. Um, the yeah, that's like exactly who you want to anchor your offensive line for years to come to protect Joe Burrow. And uh, yeah, you're better off being at the top of the draft to get that guy than you are if you win accidentally win six or seven games this year if you're a Bengals. Um, didn't really have any extra thoughts on the Browns, but you know, if you missed our Ohio podcast, uh, check that out yesterday. We covered the bottom of the NFC North. Let's now round out the top. Excuse me, the AFC North. Now let's round out the top. Um, the most competitive division across the AFC, and I don't think it's close. Would you agree? Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talked about the NFC North, and we kind of said, hey, I don't think there's a legitimate Super Bowl contender in this division. I don't <laughs> think there's a legitimate, you know, team that can make the Super Bowl. I don't know. You know, I guess the Vikes are – Packers could make like the NFC title game just because the NFC is a little more 
I don't know if wide opens a word for it, but it, it could happen. But legitimately, this division we have some teams that are contenders, possibly, especially one who showed it last year. And you know, outside of a few other things, we Cleveland, Pittsburgh, they both have the certainly the rosters, the makeup to be a, a team that can compete, that can go deep in the playoffs. So this is a, a little more exciting once we get to division like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I love it. Um, and I guess let's go Steelers first. Is that fair? We'll save yeah, the, I think, uh, we'll I save think the we reigning save Baltimore AFC North last. champs for the last. Okay. Two, um, two years in a row, <laughs> wasn't it? Uh, yeah. No. No, no, they got oh, the yeah, wild yeah, card no, yo, I'm sorry. No, well, they no, did they win did. it. It they was did. like a they weird did. year they in snuck 18. It, yeah. And uh, they they went on like a crazy seven-game win streak once they threw – once they put Flacco on the bench. Was that after Flacco got his clock cleaned? Uh, and he, <laughs> that was, <laughs> no, that that was, was a weird one too because um, it's like the, the Browns had a weird start to the year, but there was yes. a point late in the year where the Browns were still in it. They were kind of in it, yeah. And the, the Browns and Steelers had a tie on the record. That's right. And I, and I goofed it. Yeah. Baltimore. I looked, I looked at the records because I couldn't yeah. remember. I'm like, God, the Ravens won like nine or 10 games on the division. But yeah, two. And they did it all row. under Lamar Jackson's. Uh, as soon as he got inserted. Yeah, that was a fun run. He deserved, he deserved more consideration for rookie of the year. Saquon Barkley uh, got it by volume and volume alone, in my opinion. But anyway, um, Pittsburgh last year. Let's talk about the 2019 campaign Oof, for the Steelers. Yeah. What maybe was your if expectation? You're, if, I think, you're a, if you're a Pittsburgh fan, maybe just fast forward. Well, it's. I think it's important I mean, to the, kind the of The expectation re- was to be a competitive team in the AFC North. We we both, you know, had agreed. We, you know, it wasn't hard. To, it wasn't some like out on a branch take to say, man, Lamar looked good. Look what he yeah. did when they put him in. I think this team can win the division again. They can win it, you know, going away if this improvement, in, in, you know, increases or continues. And the only thing stopping them is if uh, Freddie Kitchens works out or the Steelers play like the Steelers can play. Like it was the same situation last year. We said the Bengals are going to suck dick and the other three teams are going to come compete. You know, like we talked about in the last episode, the Freddie Kitchens experiment did not work. And then, uh, yeah, Big Ben played six quarters. And yeah. they started you, – and you want to hear something messed up? Like, I've harped on this and harped on this and talked to anybody who will listen to me on this about, you know, your clipboard delta, just how big of a drop-off you have from a starter to a backup. It's a great, it's, it's different. great term. It's, it's different in every. It's different in every team, and I think this is one of the biggest ones we've seen. Um, Aaron Rodgers' collarbone year. What was that? Brett Hundley. That was pretty big too. That was rough. The year but, that but this, the uh, Colts. The Kaiser. year that Andrew Luck missed, and the Colts started Scott Tolzien week one. That was that was pretty rough. Big. That was rough. <laughs> that was a pretty big one. Um, but yeah, but no, uh, you're a point. Yeah, the, the point it's is absolutely true. Yeah, can I don't know if I can think of a bigger gap in starter to backup, and we're just going to lump them together. We're going to call them, you know, Mason Hodges. They, you know what? Neither on neither <laughs> Mason one Hodges. Mason Hodges. Neither one of them had a losing record as a starter last year. Somehow, it makes them sound more racist. 
<laughs> Mason Hodges, yeah, north of the Anyways. Mason Hodges line. Yeah, yeah so anyway. yeah, they were terrible as as a whole, and they both had a winning record, or neither te- neither had a neither had a record. losing record. Neither wow. had a losing record, and it was wow. the the defense, the fumble luck, yeah. the non offensive touchdown luck, a little bit of um. You here's a weird one, and this is completely non-predictive, non-corollary, and nothing. They have led the league in penalty yards called on their opponents two years in a row now. Oh, man. Like, that's not something you can count on. It's just kind of a weird one when I saw it. So, that I is mean, weird. Just, just that's a lot the kind of, of thing that Patriots, I feel like, usually leave that category. <laughs> exactly. You know? So, you know, behind, behind uh, some really bad quarterback play and some absolutely unsustainable defensive play they went eight and eight they were i think they were eight and five at one point and had a chip chair and a chance looking at the playoffs and just you know fell apart at the end but you want here's something crazy that i look at on their schedule so they lost the first three games uh the defense really wasn't didn't find itself like they were conceding you know, 24, 28, 33 points. Like they, they really just hadn't solidified that defense. They pull the trigger. They trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. All of a sudden the defense completely changes its form. Yes. Right. And the last three weeks of the season, they scored 10 points, 10 points and 10 points and lost all three of those games. So you have this three game losing streak bookending your season and you're eight and two in the middle (laughs) with one of your losses was OT Ravens. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy schedule. Very, very odd. Like (laughs) nothing about, yeah, nothing about the, nothing made sense. I mean, yeah, they kept it close with the Niners. Yeah. Over time with the Ravens. Yeah. Um, I mean, they actually, it was a weird close game with the Colts. They Uh, and actually, Vinatieri uh, screwed the Colts in that game. Oh my god! The Colts should have won. The Colts should have won. Vinatieri and you have had a weird relationship over this. I think I bet. You know what? You know what? I'm looking up another schedule. I think I bet 14 of the 16 Steelers games last year. How fucking weird is that? Like I remember all of these games like crystal clear, crystal clear in my mind. There was only a couple that I sat out, Uh, and um, yeah, it's uh, it was weird. It was weird how predictable they were in terms of just, you know, having a point of view on how they matched up with these teams. Um, and, you know, for sure at eight and five, they felt like one of the more fraudulent eight and five teams at that time. Right. I had massive, massive bet on that Bills uh, side when they went in that uh, primetime game. Bills won 17 10. Um, they had two four game winning streaks, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just uh, and that, and that, and that yeah, was it. That was three, all their yeah. wins. And that yeah, like you said, they they go into the last few games. Obviously, the Bills are playing well, but it's a team that's uh, kind of similar, predicated on defense. And uh, you know, we we talk a lot of shit about Josh Allen, but he's certainly better than Mason Hodges. I couldn't tell you who started that game. That was a close game, but yeah, basically they needed to beat the Bills and Jets. <laughs> Which yes. they hosted the Bills. They could have won that game. The Jets were pretty bad. And, you know, the Ravens were running roughshod through people. You kind of expected that loss. You were hoping maybe they didn't need the win at that point. But the, I mean, even if you go two out of three there, you're, you're 10 and six and maybe in the playoffs. And, yeah, they bottled yeah. it against the Bills. They bottled it. I mean, losing to the Jets is inexcusable, even in the Meadowlands. And then, you know, the Ravens beat the tar out yeah, of them. Scoring 10 That's points the against the Jets. 
the Jets defense was not world beaters last year. They scored 10 damn points against them. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. And it, I, I guess to that point, oof, the Jets man. defense, If now that I look back at it, the Jets defense were, were, were world beaters against the run. That's fair. And, like, that's kind of what happened once teams figured out what they had in the backup quarterbacks that came in. Yes, they said, yeah. we're just going to stack the piss out of the box. We'll dare yeah. you to try to run against us because we know you can't beat any coverage we're going to throw at you. Yeah. Like they, they, there's some stats, and I don't have them all pulled up, but they saw a an abnormal, an abnormally high amount of stacked boxes, a high amount of players in the box on average yeah. just as, as the season wore on. So the more you look at that, like that's something to tuck away in your handicapping tool belt. Yeah. Like if a team is being played like that, as bad as the Jets were, man, they were a really good run defense and they held, you know, they held them to 10 points. Honestly, you're right. if, if you'd have said the Steelers scored 10 points in here, uh, will you, would you lay the Jets minus three and a half? I probably still, <laughs> I probably would have still been too chicken shit. So give me the under. Yeah. Cause the, te- the Steelers defense was played so good. Um, well, and, but yeah, yeah okay, the Jets no, offense yeah. was yeah, absolutely was mess, so. Yeah, it was. No, so no, their identity once, once, once Ben was gone, once it was the Mason Hodges show, uh, it was pretty clear that on passing downs, one of two things was going to happen. They were either going to dink it. They were going to dink and dunk it, or they were going to throw a prayer and hope for a pass interference penalty, right? Like they did not have an offense, a passing offense that could complete 10 to 15 yard passes with any kind of regularity. Like it just wasn't, ha- wasn't happening for them. So, but, but in the games that they won, you know, how do you win eight games if that's your limitation? Like it's tough. Right, they had a kind of an easy schedule. They got to play the AFC East and beat up that you would have thought they would have gotten to beat up on those teams, but they went one and three against them. Um, they yeah, had not, not a big uh, reach to figure <laughs> out which team they beat. It was another. But even that team. was clo- even yeah, that was close. They were behind by like fourteen points in that game. That game, that, that game again, was one of the bigger one of the bigger halftime that bets. That was you, that was another primetime game, and I know you remember this. We did our mm-hmm. halftime show. That was one of the bigger bets I think I made in the entire. Uh, prime time cycle we had was on the Steelers in the second half of that. I think one. we Every might have just gone like Steelers. Yeah, we did like Steelers team total. I think we were <laughs> yeah, arguing right. between Steelers team total and Steelers second half, and they just said both either one, both take a ball. Yeah, our yeah. yeah, and they won seventeen nothing in the second half of that game after going after going down fourteen nothing in the game. Um, the uh, the point I was trying to make though is I guess they did well with a relatively easy schedule with amazing defense, but they scored points offensively by like just being kind of physical, you know, like they were like, if like they're, they put up a very physical effort. I felt like everyone besides the quarterback, I felt like played super, super, super hard. I felt like James yeah. Conner ran hard. I felt like Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell, the, the backups running backs, they ran hard. Like, I just feel like they were just, they were a very physical uh, and uh, you know, they kind of, rediscovered sort of the old Mike Tomlin identity that kind of was lost in the wake of the uh, Ryan Shazier injury, uh, it felt like a lot of that was sort of recaptured. Am I crazy in spinning that narrative to put on this franchise? I don't think you're crazy. I think a lot of people played well, and I think that's why I'm hopeful going ahead. Um, You know, you mentioned the running backs. They've always had – 
I mean, it just goes to like the running backs don't matter thing. Whatever they plug in seems to work halfway decent. And they've been such an elite um, evaluator of wide receiver talent year after year after year. So many good receivers have come through there. I don't know if it's evaluation, coaching, or a combo of both, but Deontay Johnson led all rookies in receptions last year. Got quietly you know, it was a lot of short stuff. Like I will fully, if anybody wants to say, well, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was he average was, depth of target was two yards or something. Oh, no, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. It wasn't, I mean, it, it, wasn't yeah. it wasn't terrible. I think it gets overshadowed because the, the fellow up in Washington, his, like he had one less catch for like, 250 more yards. You know, <laughs> AJ he, Brown he, and, put it together a hell of a season too. Yeah, like Terry, Terry, yeah, Terry McLaurin just was he was a deeper threat. But Deontay Johnson had 59 catches for 680 yards and five scores. Again, with a pretty suspect cavalcade of quarterbacks running through there. And <laughs> Ooh, I, I think work. that gets yeah, that gets that gets downplayed a little. I think he's a very good player. I think all the backs are decent receiving backs. And we've already well I guess I touched on it on my video there. Yeah. They have they have good tight ends. I think they could Ooh. they could end up being a team that has great tight end play, especially with uh with big big Ben back. So Eric Ebron, I and for anybody who didn't watch the yeah, the give video, us a little encapula- encapsulation of your feelings. I made a I made a case for Big Ben MVP because it was a big stupid number, and yeah, Eric Ebron. Uh, let's not forget how excited everybody was. How we were laughing at the Lions and like, oh man, Detroit, don't watch this as he's scoring <laughs> in like every game down in Indianapolis, and this was two mm-hmm. years ago. And the same thing kind of happened. You know, he, he didn't have a, an injury. He had a retirement. He got lost in the shuffle as they went from Andrew Luck to, you know, uh, was it Brissett? Was it Brissett mm-hmm. the whole year? Uh, there were a couple of games with Brian thought, Hoyer. Yeah, I thought he had a little bit of – he got dinged up a little too. He, but. he hurt his – ironically, Brissett hurt his knee in that uh, in that Steelers game. He, like, extended, he like oh, yeah, super yeah, yeah. hyperextended his MCL or something. Anyway. Yeah, so anyway, Ebron, Ebron had a massive year two years ago, like over 100 targets. Uh, I think it was 75 catches for a shitload of yards and a handful of touchdowns. Like he can be an elite tight end in a good offense. The offensive line, I think, is serviceable. Big Ben comes back. This this uh, this offense pops right back. Uh, they started the season. You know, you can say, well, they didn't look so good with Big Ben in there against the Patriots. Yeah, that was a super ugly game. And the Seahawks game wasn't much better. I think that's, yeah, that's where he got hurt. Maybe it would have been different if he played the whole game, but. I still, I still think, I think we have one more ride left in this. God, I'm putting a, putting a lot of stock into a 38 year old, but if the, <laughs> I mean the, the defense, the defense, I mean, it's can, not like he's the defense can regress. Overuse injury, you know? Yeah. The defense can regress and still be a pretty good defense. Like yeah. they still have stars all over the place. Yeah. Man. It's true. Like TJ, TJ Watt is, he, he's the best defensive player in the league. I'll say it. I'm going to put it out there just for mm-hmm. the Periscope people. He's so, I got, where is his stat? I wrote, I wrote one down about him. Um, his, he was incredibly impactful last year, even on downs where he didn't get to the quarterback. He was extremely disruptive. 
Yeah, but Dupree was a, really good too. He has just a shitload of hurries. What is it? Um, 34 and a half sacks, 15 forced fumbles, and 18 passes defended in three wow. years. Yeah, that's amazing. He gets it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So should we start with the offense? Yes. Ben Roethlisberger, um, coming into last season, I think, you know, preseason really, like there was no clear sign that he was about to hit the wall. I didn't think I didn't find that, you know, in fact, two seasons ago, the, uh, the Steelers were like a dead nut over team. (laughs) Like I played so many Steelers games overs, especially once they, uh, their defense was just on the, on the rocks. He had had 5,000 yards that year. Yeah, they were. Yes. That's, Oh my God. That's right. Um, He was a little sloppy. He led the league with interceptions, but it wasn't like game breaking stuff. It wasn't like, you know, that was, uh, you know, flipping their, uh, you know, flipping their expectations. Um, We came into the season there. I think they're, Win total last year was nine and a half. They were close to the top of the AFC. They were like 18 to one win the Super Bowl. Like they, a lot was expected out of this team. Um, and he goes out in week two with an elbow injury. Uh, he didn't play especially well leading up to that. The Patriots game was a nightmare. I think his elbow was injured. <laughs> I think it was hurt too. Uh, the Patriots game was a nightmare. The uh, Seahawks game, he was not covering himself in glory up to that point. Um, and you know, I, we talked about this on the MVP pod, but uh, he didn't end up having having a procedure, uh, or he didn't have an, he didn't have a Tommy John, but he had some sort of procedure. We found out, so he went under the knife, and but mostly uh, he got the rest he needed uh, to kind of do a full off season of rehabilitation. Um, by all accounts, he looks like he has lost a lot of the problematic weight that you could have made jokes about on Twitter over the last year. If you saw any photographs of him, most he's, notably he's the tubby fucker. I think it was during the Bills game on NBC Sports where we got the Cornelius Yukon. Yukon Cornelius. Well, photo his, of him, he let right? his beard just get out of control too. Like he just looked like he looked like a well fed homeless person. Is it Yukon Cornelius or Cornelius Yukon? I think it's Yukon Cornelius, but it's not Christmas time. <laughs> it's been a long time since I thought about this. It is Yukon Cornelius. Um, yeah, he uh, he had the full on Yukon Cornelius face, and um, uh, and since then he has lost a lot of that weight. Uh, he's talked pretty publicly about um, you know struggling with alcohol and I'm presuming uh, painkiller issues, uh, and has since cleaned that up. Apparently, feeling healthy, feeling young, feeling refreshed, um, and I think your optimism for. Uh, his ability to kind of give us something, let's say 85 to, you know, 85, 75 to 85% of his best isn't out of the range of possibility for expectation. Like you're not coming into the season expecting you're going to get the best ever season you've ever seen from Ben Roethlisberger, right? I'm trying to think, what do you, what do you think his best season looked like? I didn't. I didn't go back and look at. I mean, he's had a long. You know, he's he's of the Eli Manning draft class. So you're talking 2000. Roethlisberger's four? best season. His best season had 5,000 yards passing, 38 touchdowns, and 10 picks. Probably. He's Something only thrown. Like that. He's only thrown for 5,000 once. He's been close a couple times. But 
honestly, the second half of his career, he's had a couple nice, you know, 28. Yeah, uh, I'd say 2014. Yeah, that's his. I'm looking 30, at his 32 and I'm nine. looking at it now. That's yeah. a really good season. That's a really good yeah, 5,000 yards base, per game. Effectively 5,000 yards passing. 300 yards. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good year. Super Bowl? Um, they won in 05 and 08, I believe. The year Brady tore his ACL in 08, they won. And the year that he was after his rookie year, um, they uh, they beat the Seahawks in a hotly contested Super Bowl. Yeah, that 18, that 08 season wasn't, if, if it truly was 08. Yeah, I mean, they're 12 and 4, but he was 17 and 15. Like, he's, he's had better seasons later in his career. Last year, obviously, wasn't great. But, yeah, the year before, 34, 34 touchdowns, 5,100 yards, averaging 320 a game. Like you said, they were a dead nut over team. I think uh, getting somewhere near that with, uh, I like Washington, Schuster, Deontay, and Ebron. And I like the receiving backs that they have. I think he can get – I think he can get close to something like that. If he cleans up the interceptions a little, the defense plays, you know, 70% of what they were last year. Yeah. Probably, it's probably a team that gets double digit wins because, and again, this is something I alluded to in the little video I made for the MVP case for him. Their schedule is pretty, pretty wide open for it's a pretty, team. Pretty friendly. Yeah. This is something we're seeing as we get into these, like you, you get into a team and you're like, oh man, like there's so many things I love about this team. I, I bet I'm going to look at their schedule and it's just going to be brutal. And this was just the opposite of that. I was so excited about that. All the, all the minus spots they have, they only had two. <clears throat> it was two disadvantaged spots. I'm doing air quotes because that's what you call it in your chart. Both disadvantaged spots are against Cincinnati. That's, they got Cincinnati nice. off a of bye, and they got Cincinnati on their second week of a road uh, back-to-back roadie. Otherwise, they get two teams on the second half of the opponent's back-to-back road, and then they they do have to travel to Dallas, but they'll be off a of bye. So they get uh, some extra rest going into a tougher road game. Like Their schedule isn't terrible. I'm not sitting here going to hammer the over 10 because I have enough Pittsburgh liability, but uh, I, I would lean, I would lean towards uh, maybe an alt over. It's, yeah, it feels, okay. it feels like they're um, to me, this is a wide range of possibility teams. Either like you go out there and you, I think you'll know right away. <clears throat> and it sucks. We don't have preseason. Cause like, <laughs> like, Oh shit. Ben, like the surgery didn't take Ben kind of looks rough. Yeah, like he he's not he's not with it mentally. He's not in it to win it. He's just going through the motions. Get a couple more years. Like this sucks. So we're dead. Or he's playing like he can play. Big guy, big arm, shaking off defenders, winning games. Your volume got really scores. quiet on me. Oh, that that's just me talking. Oh, you didn't unplug your mic or something. No, I was just I was just kind of waxing poetic and mm. staring staring off into the oh, distance. Oh, now it's back. Now it's now it's full. <clears throat> thinking about my my Steelers, but yeah, and then pass defenses. That was another thing I I kind of honed in on when I looked at just Big Ben's numbers in general. Baltimore is a good defense. Baltimore is a good pass defense. The Bills are a good defense, a very good pass defense, and the rest of it is pretty much mush. 
there's a couple in there that are in the middle of the road, but there are some really bad pass defenses that they're going to play in there. So if they can, if they can get that pass defense, like just Washington, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, New York, Houston, Cincinnati. There's, Dude, there's what, some, yeah, what a there's soft some landing game. for. There, there are some landing. games that, that he can rack up some stats and make me look smart in. So hopefully he can get it together. This is my my team I'm stumping for. I got an uh, off-market number for them to win the division on one of those odds boosts. Nice. So I'm Yeah, I'm done betting on the Steelers. I've put too much into it already. Okay. Uh, well, if you had bet them over nine when we saw that open, uh, you would have made a good bet. Because that went from minus one ten to minus one thirty one, uh, so there's been a pretty decent amount of um, pressure on the uh, Steelers over. So you're not alone. Um, and I agree, their schedule is kind of bizarrely, stupidly easy. Uh, the two Baltimore games aside, I think they have a fighter's chance in every one of these games. Like there's some force; they have some very solid wins looking up and down here, and they have some. Uh, where they, you know, they're they clearly are in it. Um, and you're right, the past defenses that they're facing overall this season are pretty weak. There's not a lot here that's really scaring me. And you know, Ben, with even even at 75, 80 percent of what we've seen him at his peak, with the weapons he has at his disposal, this looks like an offense that is going to be able to score points. They're going to be in games. Ben Roethlisberger always was in games. You know, he was the kind of quarterback that was capable of a comeback on you pretty much every freaking time. Like he's not afraid of taking risks and, uh, you know, throwing into tight windows and doing what it takes to, to come back into games. And so I, you know, I, I feel in general, like there aren't any glaring holes, weaknesses, problems with this team. Uh, and you know, your enthusiasm is completely fair. I think this is a playoff team. Yeah. And if you look at if you look at the offensive line, I think that's maybe the one thing we haven't touched on yet. Like, some of the metrics look like it was a bad line, but it, I mean a lot of it is like sack numbers and stuff like that. Yeah, some no, that, I completely reject that. I reject I reject Thank you. Reject Tell the people why. Uh, because it, because Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges held onto the ball for a flipping eternity for an eternity last year. Uh, they couldn't read defenses. They just were not talented enough football players to uh, to execute the offense. And I mean, I guess we're going to get to the Ravens later, and I'm going to be able to wax poetic about their offensive system from top to bottom and ways that you know is transforming the game of football. Um, I don't have the same general like warmth for Randy Fishner's system. Uh, like I said, like he kind of could only really get duck. He could only really get Mason Hodges to dink and dunk it. He couldn't really unlock any of their, yeah. you know, perceived well, strengths, which do you is remember the concerning. Niners a couple of years ago when sure. uh, yeah, Garoppolo Mullins. went down yeah. and they just, I mean, that they went Hoyer actually, to Mullins, something like that. He, yeah. yeah. He actually made it look good where he just switched everything up and said, well, we have to switch our offense because yeah. we don't have our starting quarterback anymore. And they did do some of that, but at the same time, there's only so much you can do with what you work with. They used a sixth offensive lineman three times as much as the year before. Like they just, they just had to go into a weird old school dink and dunk run the ball with no success kind of uh, offense. And that's, 
that's kind of what we're hammering at here. It's it's another one where it's kind of hard to grade, even though they were an eight win team. We're saying, I mean, what what is the uh, what was their point total putting them at? I suppose that's gonna probably reflect right around H because the defense was so good. Um, their Pythag, did you have that up? Uh, I can, I can yes, up I do. Hang on, here. Hang on. I, I, yeah, their Pythag wins was seven point six. Yeah. Yeah, like they, they were, were pretty right close because the you know Pythag is based on <clears throat> points scored versus points allowed, and they had a lot of games where they didn't allow a ton of points. So they you know even though Pythag says they were a seven point six win team, you know points allowed and points scored, I'm I'm almost a hundred percent sure that takes into account <clears throat> any points scored. So when you want to talk about some of these weird, um, th- they had four return touchdowns. They had a big turnover margin. They had a huge sack margin. Like things like that kind of help balance out just how bad this offense was at times. That's true. And we're uh, we're we're looking at this uh, we're looking at this evaluation of the Steelers this season, eyes wide open, expecting all of those things to regress. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not looking at this and saying, "Oh well, they're going to beat the Cowboys because their defense is going to hold the Cowboys to 20 points." I'm looking at this like they're going to beat the Cowboys because I think this offense can score 35 on them. <laughs> That's going to be one of the more fun games we see all season. It's going to be like 34, 35, one way or the other, something crazy like that. I mean, there's a chance you can get a game-breaking defensive play at the end of that game, and they they, you know, they win 35, 28 or something. Um, but it's you know they're I'm specifically that you know we are we were warm on the Browns. We were warm on the Steelers. I got. I'm going to spoiler alert. I think the, I think the Baltimore Ravens are in line for a double digit win season again. Uh, And this is not an incongruous point of view because the AFC North gets to play the NFC East. There's there. All four of those teams have teams have flaws. They get to play the AFC South. There is no juggernaut in the AFC South. They have. They are. There are a plus lot you get the of Jags. wins. Plus, you get the Jags. Um, there are a lot of wins on the schedule uh, in for all of these AFC North teams because they're all relatively good. They all have you know solid quarterback situations and uh, you know solid, but with maybe a, some small questions. Ben's health, you know Mayfield's progression, but um, oh, that'd be a you know, fun bet. Which a one? bet that I don't see offered anywhere. Total wins. For your division, oh yeah, like an, an over oh, under, wow. you know, because yes. obviously you even, can only get so even, many. In yeah, there's only so many in division, but you have to handicap all the rest, or like division versus division handicap wins. Like they, you know, the NFC NFC North plus two and a half to the AFC North. I would, I would take. Bet, the, I would bet. I would yeah, bet on that. I'd probably I would take too. The two and a half. I would probably it. take. The, yeah, I would lay it too. Um, yeah, because I mean, I, you know, it, are we going to look up? At, we're not going to really know what happens in this division until uh, end of December, early January, in terms of who's going to win. I don't think this isn't going to be a runaway again like it was last year. Um, and I think reasonably, you're talking about Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, all with, um, you know, their most likely outcome is that they get uh, nine wins or greater. Uh, and it should be a hell of a lot of fun. A uh, couple couple comments on Steelers just from a te- team building standpoint. It's easy to like a team like the Steelers because they have a very very stable ownership. 
one of the better owners in, in NFL. And I don't think that's up for argument, really. Um, they have a very, uh, very tried and true record of retaining the talented players that they draft and develop. Um, they have a very strong development program. That's, you know, that's huge. You can't understate how, uh, how valuable it is to be able to, uh, you know, to improve your likelihood of hitting on drafted players just on the basis of developing them properly. And the Steelers have done that time and time again with super important positions, namely offensive linemen, wide receivers, wide receivers with us with a star like they're incredibly good at that uh and then uh you know some portions of the defense notably you know safeties and uh and pass rushers like they have uh you know the very very strong foundation overall um and keith butler the defensive coordinator is a guy that we would poke fun at two years ago with some of the limitations of their defense but obviously last year he figured some very important things out uh, and I think overall as a franchise, it's a very, very, it's a, it's an easy, uh, when, when things are, when things look, when you have a couple of things going in their favor, an easy schedule, uh, a, a good, uh, you know, a couple of breaks in luck with, uh, finally getting some healthy place, you know, healthy players back at key positions. Like, you know, it's easy to like a team like this, I think. Um, and over the, you know, their, in terms of their front office and decision-making last year, I thought they did a fine job. No one really, uh, you know, no one who they didn't bring back, I, I think, um, qualifies as a meaningful loss. Um, I thought they probably you know, they, won, but it's not huge. Like Hargrave was a good D tackle. I'm not sure if they really filled in great there, but you, well, can't, they keep, get, you can't you yeah. can't keep everybody in it, it. And it was a it was a it was a good defense. They added. Uh, I yeah, think. I want to say they they traded for a D end and then. They did. Uh, they didn't really draft defense. They drafted a, a linebacker. Well, they drafted like defense, third. and that their first overall pick went to get Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that that's fair. <laughs> like, uh, is was there somebody they were going to get in the middle of the first round with Minka Fitzpatrick's skill set? No. No. Like, I don't. I don't think at the fifteenth pick or wherever they they would have ended up. It looks like they were 49th in the second round, so that's probably right around 17th. Like they were not going to get uh, a Minka Fitzpatrick, so, especially in hindsight. Now that we're looking at how well he played, like that was a good trade. So, yeah, they they did well in that. They drafted another wide receiver. Um, we made yeah. a case for him to be a sneaky, sneaky sleeper rookie of the year just because it's an offense that, you know, just everything we've just said, it's an offense that can be good with a quarterback who can throw with a, a team who's been known to find a really good wide receiver, maybe not, you know, in the first or second round. This was a second rounder and Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, how many times have they hit on that? You almost just have to auto bet that for a few bucks just in case. I think it was a big, fat number, too. Yeah, I saw, I saw some hundreds, 100 to so one. 100 to ones, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I put a few bucks on it. And just uh, <laughs> yeah. He could take. He could take that. He could take that slot that James Washington is occupying right now. And I could entirely see that. Put Smith Schuster back in in the slot. Uh, keep the uh, keep Johnson on the left, and then uh, you know put uh, put Washington in as your uh, you know as your uh, second second win guy. I could see Claypool take over wide receiver two for them. Um, but and speak and specifically, uh, you know, I, I agree. Hargrave was was fine, but. You know, he was only really asked to take over a role that 
that Tuit uh, missed a like you know, he only played like six games because he was injured. And Tuit's a fine player. Hayward is a very good player. He doesn't get a ton of credit, you know. These uh, and you know, Bud Dupree not as good as T.J. Watt, but he's you know he's a very effective pass rusher. When you have that much depth, uh, you're extremely dangerous. Um, they had a high draft pick last, the previous season with Devin Bush at linebacker, who's a very talented player. Like they, there's just you know they they made a really nice uh, pickup off the scrap heap of Joe Hayden. Uh, you know, he's revi- revitalized his career here. And obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick, we think, is, uh, you know, reasonably, uh, you know, he's going to be a star at safety in this league for years and years to come. So it's a complete I for- roster. I forgot how young Devin Bush is. Oh, yeah. Like, as, as far as linebackers, so you went, was it, was that two years ago? Yeah. The, the draft that, uh, um, Right, not this year's draft, but the previous year. He was a rookie last year. Okay, I'm thinking back to 20. He was their, maybe, he was their number thinking... one. He was their number one draft pick last year. They're, they didn't have a number one this year. They traded for Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I was th- I was thinking back to the Roquan one because I'm like, God, he might been he might have been the best uh, linebacker out of that. Roquan's kind of had some health issues. Now, who did the Bills take? Uh, Tremaine Edwards, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think that was two years ago. We had a few that was nice, that, yeah, yeah. We or three, if you want to, however you want to say it. We had a few nice uh, linebackers go. Yeah, um, that's but, true. Yeah, they've 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 nailed some of these picks. They nailed a trade. If they nail one more wide receiver here, and Ben plays good, sky's the limit. Yeah. What do you think? Continuity uh, across the offensive line. They only swap out one guy. Uh, they bring in a veteran. Wisniewski is left guard for Ramon Foster, who retired. Like this is a good. This is it's just a good complete team. Um, negative Nelly for the long term. The window's closed. I mean, the window's closing fast, and it sucks because you've got Baltimore and Kansas City and. God knows what's going to happen with Cam up in New England, and great point. Uh, there, there's a bunch of guys that are on the last year of a rookie deal. There's Big Ben being a thousand years old. The offensive line has a couple people that probably won't be around forever. So it, I can see like a go for it mentality if they want to make another trade in season and add a piece that they think they're missing. Uh, they've been aggressive with it before, but I'm not sure what that would look like if you were going to. And again, it's like we said in the, when the, the Bengals did their drafting and their free agency moves, you can't make a trade for someone who's not available. Like a, a trade fall, coming together also has to have someone willing to give somebody up that you need. So that might never come to fruition, even if they are actively shopping around for someone but uh, yeah, windows windows not huge on this team. I'd hate to see what the the rebuild is going to look like. <laughs> you know, they, they're going to need to probably do something else with quarterback going forward. So Pittsburgh, let's get it now. Yeah, realistically, um, if Ben doesn't have it, and if you know after you lose to the Giants and the Broncos, um you're better off positioning yourself for one of the top quarterbacks who's coming out of the draft next year than you are pushing for eight and eight. And I don't know how that's possible because you play tough and you have a very, you know, and because I guess in terms of going for it specifically in another way, that's maybe one of the things that holds back the, you know, the team from us saying, no, this is still a bet on at, Plus, uh, what what are they currently to win the uh, the AFC 
north, like plus four, four to one. Like the reason I would not bet that now, I don't know that I have confidence in Tomlin making the correct calls in tight games against teams like Cleveland and Baltimore. I no, don't know if you're getting. It sucks that Baltimore's early schedule is good too, because it I does. wish you know I wish Baltimore's early schedule is a little more stacked because it would create a situation where you can be like, hey, I'm betting, I'm betting Pittsburgh now, and I'm going to come back on some cheaper Baltimore later on. But Baltimore, I don't think that's crazy though. That's not no, crazy. but I mean, if you looked at Baltimore's early schedule, yeah, we'll get they, there. In a second. They have some pretty easy teams. There, it's going to be, you know, it, it, it might end up being both teams are like five and one when they meet. I'm not sure if that math works out for what week they actually play. Play week uh, seven. Yeah. So yeah. they would Ooh, both have six it. games. So yeah, yeah. yeah, what was my, uh, yeah, I got the Steelers at five to one. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's so good I felt bet. happy. I felt happy getting a better number and I'm not sure I'd bet it anywhere lower, but at that time my mind was super excited about the Steelers. So terrible towels coming my way. If they can pull this off. Let's uh let's get into the champs unless you have okay. anything else. No, I mean you know you're you're pointing out the correct sentiment, which I think is if if, it, if it's more than rust on Ben Roethlisberger the first couple of weeks, then we got a problem. Uh, Ooh, yeah, you need you need those wins against uh, at the Giants and home versus Denver. Um, speaking of uh, Monday Night Football, first uh, first Monday Night Football game. It's going to be pretty interesting there. Did you see what that line is? Monday Night Football. Steelers minus four at the Giants. Steelers minus four at the Giants. Like, what is? How does a team like the Steelers? How do we bet on them in any given game? We don't. The team like the Steelers? I'm not betting them on that game. No, not in that game. But how do we? But 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 let's say, is there a is there a blueprint for what? to expect from this team this year. Um, their defense is extremely solid. They can run the ball fine. Uh, they have a good scheme. They can put away leads. Uh, this is not a kind of team into... that I think relinquishes leads. No, exactly. And I think it's a team where you can bet against or bet on when they are playing somebody possibly like the Giants. I haven't dug super deep into there, but their secondary was pretty suspect last year. I don't think it's going to be super improved. If you can – if you can beat a team through the air with the weapons you have with your starter back and then run the ball against a defense like that. And uh, I mean, how does that kind of, how does that kind of offense work against you? Um, well, that you, it, I mean, that kind of offense works against you where they, they kind of gain in chunks. Um, they, they have some drives that stall out cause you know, you're, you're effectively containing sack. Uh, and then uh, you recover a fumble from Danny Dimes and return it for six, uh, probably once a quarter. So you know that's yeah, that's, that's probably how it goes. That's probably a pretty fair line. I don't think I have a lean one way or the other. Okay, we'll get, we'll get into that once the season starts. Okay, all right. Break that. Right. We'll break that game down. Yeah, I, uh, I would think they could run effectively enough to put away that lead. Put away a lead, but at the same you're, not, time, you're not worried about them getting backdoored on a, on a four. No, it's a it's still a talented enough defense, even with some regression. It's a talented enough defense to avoid a backdoor from someone, you know, a Danny Dimes caliber. Yeah. Yeah. You would hope. I know, especially with your mismatch of your D line versus their O line. Um, okay. Well, uh 
again, you know, this is a broken record here, but uh, this team is going to compete for a playoff spot uh, and uh, they're going to be fun to bet on again and fun to watch. And it's good to have the Steelers competitive. Moving on to a team that uh, I don't know if you've heard this before, but this team and the Steelers, very, very, very uh, feisty competition between these two. Is there love lost, or would you say the opposite of that? I'd say the opposite. I don't think there's. That's a I mean, hot take. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure there's no love lost at all um, between um, the Ravens, should we, and the Ravens and the Steelers. When yeah. they, I mean, when they play, I'd mention they both be they might both be five and one. Should we take those records and throw them out? <laughs> <laughs> Even if the Steelers are one and five, I would throw those records out. <laughs> all right, so. We've established the love is not lost. We can throw out the records. Anything can yeah. happen. Anything can happen. And, and and everything leads you, I guess, take the divisional dog. Yeah, probably. That's yeah. honestly that's such an under game for me. Yeah. Put it oh. wherever you want. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Those are these these are these these have twenty through twenty all over them. Uh if and that's forty five, I'll take an under. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. So the Ravens last year were remarkably easy to fall in love with. They were so much fun to watch. Their scheme was utterly um, electric. You know, the, the, the middle half of the season, um, they built week in, week out and got stronger and better and more dynamic and more unstoppable. We saw Lamar Jackson grow into a future super duper star in this league. Um, they ended up winning their last 12 games in a row. And short of the San Francisco game, which was closely contested, um, many of those games oh, were not competitive. Game. Many of them were not competitive. Um, they beat the likes of the Texans by 34. They beat the likes of the Rams by 39. Do you remember that Sunday night football game where they played the Rams? <laughs> yes. Do you remember some people? I remember the Rams. I remember the Rams. I don't think so. I'm gonna have to pull some up my. Some people did. I, some people. Did. I remember the um, the Texans one stings because oh, yeah, I, I had the over, the over right? and they scored. They scored so many points. Forty-one points. I think the over was forty-nine. Forty-nine. They did not hit it. it they won not. forty. One to seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at my seven. NFL chart right now. So, and it's funny you mentioned, you know, falling in love. The offense was electric. There was so much to like about it, and they weren't what we would think. I, I guess if you had to predict, like, hey, there's there's a there's an offense you're going to fall in love with next year. I'm not even going to tell you which <laughs> which conference sure. you're in. Sure, and it's going to be based on a running quarterback. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like it's not going right. to be somebody I mean I think you would have said, you know, oh man is is if I had to guess before the season, oh man, like Jameis is going to throw for like 5500 yards. Yeah, yeah, sure. Or like Jimmy G really gets it and he yeah. throws for like 46 touchdowns. Yeah. No, it was a quarterback. The the, the highlights you were seeing on, you know, Twitter, on Sports Center, everything. It was him breaking these runs off, you know, not even just RPOs, but full on designed. I'm going to take the snap after I read and I'm going to reread 
and find the gaps and and they were always there the spin moves the jukes the the long runs like that was i didn't think i'd ever be that excited again because i didn't think we'd ever see someone go full mike vick like that again it just it's not it's not something it's not something like it's not where the league was headed and maybe that's the point maybe that's why it works so well like teams weren't teams weren't ready for that sort of thing it's almost like the the old adage in college football, like, yeah, you know, they played pretty well, but now, now they got to go down and play a triple option team. And boy, that's tough to defend, especially when you don't do it every year. And teams, <laughs> teams had a hell of a time adjusting to that. Like you could see, it's like, Oh man, I think there was a lot of plays where it's like, I think this is just another quarterback keeper. And it was, and he'd still go for like 16 yards. Yeah, and that had to be just incredibly frustrating as a defensive coordinator to try to maintain the the, the offense. And you know, we, we've gone over it a few times. The disappointment in the playoffs—they threw the ball a lot. Like they threw the ball an inordinate amount of times compared to a lot of the game plans they had, and that didn't work. And the big plays didn't go right. And it was a really disappointing end of the season. It was, it was, um, and you have you have to tip your cap to Tennessee for doing everything right in that game. That was yeah. a black swan, um, and yeah, the what made this? I guess when I step, step back and I and you ask me, okay, well, what made the uh, the Ravens so dynamic offensively? They really they could hurt you so many different ways that there was no like real obvious game plan you could come into as a defense and say, okay, this is how we're going to stop them today. Right. They had so many multiples. They were so dynamic. They were, um, you know, they were as effective as a power running team, as a finesse running team, as a, uh, you know, as a finesse passing team. Uh, you know, they, they could get you so many ways that you really, you know, you really had no adjustment for it. And on top of all that, the coach and the system uh, absolutely embraced sort of the things you most want to see an NFL team do yep. in terms of going forward on fourth down, in terms of, you know, of, in terms of keeping defenses off, uh, off of, you know, on their heels. Uh, and it was just, it was just brilliant to watch. You felt like you're watching football from the future. You know, like it was just. It was I so like cool. that football from the future. Oh, not, so cool. not only, yeah, not only the just, hey, we're gonna do something different, and we're not doing it to be just to be different. We're doing it because we drafted a player with a certain like. This is your Liam Neeson, like Liam Neeson, the way he did things. It's because he had a certain set of skills. Yeah. That's true. And that made him very dangerous. And they, they built it around it. They didn't do the whole square peg round hole. Like, Hey, guess what? You're a pocket passer now because you're in the NFL or even worse. You're a wide receiver. Like some teams wanted to do. Yeah. We're going to build this around you. We, we traded back into the first round and, you know, used up that sort of draft capital to use a first round draft pick on a quarterback. Why would we try to force it? make you into something you're not let's run an offense around your skill set and jesus christ it worked yeah like so it's the most it's the most common sense thing you can say but still you see teams again and again trying to 
fix a quarterback rather than play to his strengths. Or I guess it can go for a lot of positions. It's just magnified when it's at the quarterback position. And yeah, they they absolutely made it work. And it's it's been fun to watch for these. I don't know how many games we said he played in 2018, the last seven plus a playoff game. So it's been, you know, 25 games of that. It's been so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson ended up finishing the year number six in rushing yards. <laughs> like your quarterback was That's a top stupid. 10 in rushing yards. Um, it, his rushing ability opened up other aspects of the running game. Gus Ed, made Gus Edwards look good. They made, they made uh, you know, Mark Ingram obviously was, he's a great, he's a great player, former Heisman winner. Uh, and, you know, he's uh, even at age 30, uh, he was incredibly effective for them in the regular season. Yeah, they, um, had a, they had a sub package where they had three Heisman winners in the backfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, the major leap that, you know, that, for sure clinched Lamar Jackson, the MVP last year was he made a, a meaningful step forward in his passing, uh, you know, passing part of his game. And you think of, okay, well you have this uh, dynamic rusher, 1200 yards on the ground, seven yards per attempt. That's flipping crazy. Seven yards per attempt. And still yet, you know, you only uh, didn't take a meaningful number of sacks. Uh, only fumbled nine times. Uh, and, you know, this is now you add a wrinkle of he can pass the ball downfield with uh, per- precision, particularly over the middle of the field. He did an incredible job uh, becoming a better uh, anticipator of defensive backs and where they were going on the field and doing things uh, to, you know, throw guys open, to create, you know, to to create the perception of, uh, you know, of, of misdirection and disguise of the play uh, in ways that makes him, you know, you you can't look at what he did last year and say, well, it might not work again. Yeah, I don't know how you can – you can definitely call for touchdown regression. Like his touchdown rate, the percentage of – I want to – I think it's just what percentage of passes it went for touchdowns. It's was, it was unbelievably pretty, high. It was unbelievably like, high. It was like double the average. Like yes. it's too it's too high. That's going to come back to earth. Thirty six touchdowns was a lot. He he might not run for that many yards again. He'll still be very dangerous, especially in those in those just called quarterback runs or even scrambling. Like he is a very dangerous player, and he did like you said. That was the biggest thing. He took a decent step forward. And Christ's sakes. You know, you, you talk about, you know, you, I think you were not digging at Mark Ingram for being old, but I mean, he's, you had an old running back and you had what Boykin, Sneed, Malcolm Brown <laughs> and Andrews, your tight end. Yeah. I think they had a different tight end too that uh, I think, yeah, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst too, they shipped. Yeah. Uh, but, but still like it's Hayden Hurst. It's not Gronk. Like you, Brown, Sneed, Boykin, Andrews, Hurst, and, and I don't want to take anything away from Ingram. He played very well for his age. But, the, I mean, it's not like he had this big, all these big names around him. Good offensive line, good scheme, good coaching. They grasped analytics quickly, used it, and the defense played well. And then everything else was just him 
being so explosive in multiple facets of the game, but yeah, like you give him a give him a couple decent. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from Brown. I, I guess I was high on him last year, but it's still, it wasn't like you had all these huge name receivers and offensive players around him. He he did a lot of this, and I guess you do have to give a lot of credit to the front office, to the coaching staff, to the scheming, and to the the adoption of analytics. Like they had a guy, it's funny. I was mad. It's like when you think you invent something like, Oh shit, I got the best idea. And then you go on Amazon and there's like 30 versions of it already. And you're <laughs> mad. Like I said this um, as we were just bitching at each other in like some group chat when a, a coach made just a horrendous call a couple of years ago. And I remember saying this, I'm like, you need to hire a nerd. You need a nerd that knows that can run a computer program and say, well, actually, and tell you like, Hey, you don't want to kick this field goal. You just, <laughs> you just hurt your win percentage by like 3%. You should go for that fourth down every single time. And, and you know, it should be just like an offensive coordinator where he, you can call up to your nerd and say, what should I do here? And the, they did that. And I was so pissed. I'm like, well, I guess I didn't like call any NFL teams and tell them they should do it. So they just got ahead of me on that one. But yeah, that that's what you need to do. You need someone who's running those simulations and saying in these situations, like, this is what we should probably do. You still let the head coach make a call. Maybe there's some, some outlying situational factors that make you still want to kick a field goal if you're dumb. But uh, I mean, grasping onto that and going for as many fourth downs and not kicking stupid field goals and making good decisions as far as the right kind of play call in the right situations like that obviously works. So teams that teams that uh, grab a hold of that sooner than later are going to be teams that succeed in the league. And God bless you. Yep. Um, So there are a couple of small things. You you, you brought up the touchdown, passing touchdown regression possibility. Um, I'm with you. Uh, Ten touchdowns for your tight end, Andrew. Another four for your other back tight ends. Fourteen touchdowns for your tight ends. It's going to be tough to recruit us. Um, Miles Boykin and and, uh, Hollywood Brown, pretty small. Uh, Hollywood Brown's pretty small to be your wide receiver one. Uh, Boykin's pretty inexperienced, never really had much chemistry with Lamar Jackson, I didn't think, last year. Um, those, those are, It's kind of not great fits wide receiver-wise. And Willie Sneed is your slot wide receiver, too. Same same sort of thing. Like um, I saw a lot of drop video. Even if with 36 passing touchdowns last year, there were a lot of drops in the end zone. Um, he doesn't throw many picks though. Uh, and a lot of that is because if he doesn't see, if it's not, if it's not looking good, uh, you know, in terms of the play unfolding the way he wants to, he's so dangerous on his, you know, with his legs, he doesn't have to force a pass. He doesn't have to throw it away. He can just, you know, go rip off seven to 10 yards on the ground. <laughs> like that's a perfectly fine, you know, backup plan. Uh, and it's, it's going to be an extremely difficult defense to stop, especially, you know, they add JK Dobbins, who I find to be, uh, the perfect athlete for this type of system, share the load with uh, Mark Ingram. Uh, and, you know, they do lose Hall of Fame left guard, Marshall Yonda, who yeah, retired. Yeah, that's, that's the big negative, definitely. It's a little, it's going to be a learning curve for them to kind of re, you know, retool some of the zone part aspects of their run blocking scheme 
within the absence of Yanda. Yeah. I would it, it still looks like, argue. Yeah, go ahead. Like, I'm not like DJ DJ Fluker kind of sucked last year. But I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that he's just gonna be in such a better situation. He'll play better. They, they aren't even saying he's got the spot. But I mean he's an experienced player compared to some of the other things they might try at right guard. And like he had to play in Seattle. Like that's not good for an offensive lineman ever. Like I just, I just don't think it's a good system for them to succeed. So hopefully it'll never be Yanda, but I think it can be an okay fill in. And hopefully if, if that's the worst thing, if you take a, you know, a sizable downgrade at right guard, that sucks. But uh, a lot of teams are, if that's the biggest negative for a team, I guess so be it. Yeah, I mean, I I would still argue. Yeah, I mean, you know, lose, we're going to find out how important a guard is <laughs> this year, right? Like he was as important of a guard as you can have, and we're gonna we're gonna find out if it if, yeah. if you know if they're running efficiency dips, that's going to be why. Um, but they still have like left tackle Ronnie Staley, who I would argue sincerely might be the best tackle in football right now. Do you have an, any strong disagreement with that statement? No, they uh, not only that, but like they have a very good tackle combo, in, in Orlando yeah, Brown Staley's too. Yeah, oh, Brown is great. Yeah, and then the the center, he's good. So was yeah. it Skura? Yes. Yeah. So that, that, that's another reason why I think maybe DJ Fluker isn't going to be an enormous downgrade. If uh, playing next to Brown and in between Brown and Skura, there, I'm not even sure if I, I'm probably butchering this poor guy's name. I don't talk about centers. <laughs> Not since Germani Dawson, but uh, right division, wrong team. So hopefully, hopefully the offensive line doesn't take some, you know, huge step back. And I, I don't think losing one piece like that, albeit a huge, important, like you said, Hall of Fame stud right guard, it's not going to feel good. But hopefully, just uh, a good coaching staff with a good nucleus nucleus of other offensive linemen can bring him back to being a mediocre to above average guard. That sounds fair. I think that's, that's I mean, that that's, that's the silver lining take the, you know, the doom and gloom take is it's a mess. Having a bad right guard brings down the play of that whole side of the line. Brown regresses, the center regresses. You have trouble defending defensive tackle pressure up the guts and the the run game suffers for it. The sack rate goes up. So that, I mean, that's the that's the bad take. I guess we can't always just be sunshine lollipops. Sure, sure. Um, it is amazing though how how what a tiny. We talked about the offense now for fifteen minutes, and they're going to be fucking great. They are going to score points, and they are going to win you games. They are going to come back in games. They are going to put. They're going to get you leads. They're going to put pressure on teams. They make up a tiny, tiny, tiny proportion of the Ravens' cap hit this year. They are doing it so lean on offense, yet, and yet they are so good. Uh, the yeah, defense, the, the, makes the up offensive a line is the defense bigger. line is cheap. Yeah, the deep, yeah, the O line, the um, the, no, the D line. They got they're, no, they're, no, no offensive. Yeah, excuse me, yeah, that. they're all they're O line. They're 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 not paying they're, the quarterback's not making much yet. The O line's not making much here. Uh, you, you're not paying wide receivers line. much. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and that has afforded them the opportunity to just load up with 
vets, experienced players, talented players on defense. This defense is really good. It's really, really good. They bring in Khalid Campbell to an already good defense. They bring in Derek Wolf. Like, you know, hey, maybe you had some issues stopping Derrick Henry in the playoffs last year. Maybe in general you wish you were a little stronger against the rush last year. Well, putting big bodies like Campbell and Wolf in the middle, like that immediately solves that problem. Uh, they drafted, uh, yeah, they, you know, they, likely the best linebacker in the draft fell in their lap. just Patrick fell Weird. beautifully into their lap. Like, what yeah. a beautiful – I thought for sure it wasn't going to happen as we were midway through. We were cheering for linemen to be drafted anyway, so I was fine watching him drop. And then I looked at the couple of spots ahead of Baltimore, and I said, man, I don't think they're going to take Queen. He's just going to – I think a lot of people had him had him mocked to New Orleans, yep. and it just, it just got a little weird there in the mid to late round, as it sometimes does. And I remember saying that to you, like, they're going to get him, and what a coup – for an already good defense to get a perfect fit for this uh this linebacking core. Yeah, perfect they, fit. For, perfect for a fit. team that what, what were they 12 or 13 wins? You'll have to fill me in on that. 14 to 14 14 <laughs> wins. A 14 win team had six picks in the first three rounds. Like Incredible. they weren't one of the you know we talked about the Steelers it was a good trade to lose their first rounder for Minka. This was a team that still had quite a bit of draft capital after being a great team who with a cheap offense and yeah, that not only can they spend on defense, but they drafted a bunch of defense as well. Yeah. And I guess overall, I would say their front seven to me is a top 10 front seven on top of that. They have, again, they they're smart. Don Martingale runs a system where he is blitzing you uh, from various locations. He's using lots of misdirection on defense They're They are disguising their uh, intentions in a way that's, that makes it extremely tough. Uh, for the opposing quarterback to understand what's going on pre-snap. And it's incredibly effective. They absolutely uh, have the defense that can carry them uh, to another double-digit win season, even if the offense takes a meaningful step backward. And I mostly feel that way because the secondary is just freaking loaded. Jimmy that's, Smith, Marlon yeah, Humphrey, that's my worry, and, I think. and Marcus Peters? That's my You're biggest worry about these guys? Well, no, uh, and I think it's unfounded, but uh, it just it's stuck in my head watching all these really great corners just fall off the face of the earth for no reason. Like it, it seems to just be happening a lot more now. Like uh, okay. I don't have okay. I don't have any facts to base. They're not on. just because they're not young enough. I mean, well, Marlon just just Humphrey, because Marlon I think Humphrey it just, is a yeah, really no, he, talented young good player. No, he's young, but like the, the Marcus Peters trade was great. Uh, Jimmy Smith, great. But at the same time, I've seen you know, just like think of Josh Norman or like sure, Re- sure. Revis eventually. Man, we've really seen some corners and some defensive backs that just for unpredictably fall off for no reason. So hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't, I, like I said, I don't have like some facts based evidence to base this on besides just the anecdotal, this is happening to cornerbacks for some reason. So I, hopefully they continue to play at a high level because like you said, there's a ton of talent back there. They have a pretty good uh, single high safety who made the news for some weird reasons. <laughs> yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. This is, uh, this is yeah. yeah, and like you said, the coaching is great. This is the only time we will stump for a Martingale system. 
<laughs> on this podcast, but yeah, the coach, the coaching on both sides of the ball is very good. And that's when you take talent, coaching preparation and a full love of analytics, you win 14 games. Yeah. So let's get to why not give Greg Roman any love yet. So the two, the two, the two things I want to explore, if we feel this positively about them in so many aspects, uh, what is a reasonable expectation for wins? Is the market fat on them in in any way? And does the schedule afford them the opportunity to get the one seed in the AFC? And what do they need to do in the playoffs to be, the you know to to realize the potential of this unit as a whole. Yeah, man, they can get the one seed. Uh, our friend Zuma has talked to us and made a decent case for regression. Which man, regression comes for every man, and the the schedule. I don't know how you feel about the schedule. I don't think it's. I don't think it's easy, but I don't think it's tough. I guess I'm going to put the schedule as middle of the road. And that, and a lot of that's based on how I feel about, I think Pittsburgh will be decent. Some yeah. of the road, some of the road games against teams that could go either way for me, like playing, playing Houston on the road. Isn't great. Even though they've lost a bunch of pieces, it's still a good quarterback and it's a tough spot because Houston will have extra rest. They go right from that into Kansas city who Kansas City will be playing a second straight roadie, but it's still it's still the goddamn Chiefs. There are some easy spots, which is why I think it's kind of a middle-of-the-road uh, schedule. I guess some of this is going to depend on these teams that are uh, a little more wide variance for me where we don't really know what we're getting yet, and it's going to be really tough once we get to some of these previews. Maybe once I dig in deeper, I'll find out. But like Houston, Indy, Tennessee, Cleveland – Philly, I those could be good teams. Yes, and and they could be bad teams. And if it's if it's more one way than the other, Baltimore wins 10, 11, 12 games. If if those are turning out to be much tougher games than anticipated, and you still then, have Pittsburgh yeah. twice, Kansas City at New England yeah. at Cleveland at Cleveland Browns, late in Browns the year. Always, yeah, Browns always play tough too. Yeah, so it, it could be a tougher schedule, but. I put, I mean, I put it between kind of the ten and thirteen win season. Yeah, I think, I think they double digits. Nine nine wins would be a disastrous season. I think. <laughs> yeah, I kind of am, I'm with you. Which means if you're betting under eleven, you don't have a ton of margin for error. <laughs> you're you're gonna be sweating that thing till, uh, you know, till. You're going to be sweating it super hard because the last three weeks of the season are three W's, <laughs> so they can they can they're going to put some serious pressure on you no matter what. Um, yeah, no, I guess going with their schedule, I agree with all your takes. It is a weird, unbalanced schedule where That's a it's a good an call, easy start, easy finish, and the middle is just full of potential, you know, potential difficulty. Now that was their schedule last year too, and they freaking dominated through the middle of that thing they romped <laughs> they romped through the likes of seattle new england houston rams niners bills i mean they romped through that stretch and so it's you know it's not you know it's not all like well it's hard so they're gonna lose you know who freaking knows with this team like they're operating at another level 
Well, that was, uh, I mean, so, that was right away week one. We were, you know, when you only have one data point for every team, we, I remember sitting there, we were in Vegas and we said like, is Baltimore really, really good? Or is Miami really, 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 really bad? Right. And, or both. And we're like, shit, it might be both here. And yeah. yeah. As it turned out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I guess I, I like that they get a relatively soft landing Casey game accepted. Um, I like that they get a relatively soft finish. They're going to get this. They're going to get into the playoffs. I feel highly confident in that. It's a much more a matter of what, how does, how do they weather this middle? Um, and you're right. A ton of it comes down to are the Patriots good? Are the Colts good? Are the Eagles good? Those are kind of, we don't really know that yet. Um, and those are tough spots. So it's, you know, I, 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 coming back around, I do think 11 wins is the most likely outcome for this team. I do think that their ceiling is 14 and I think their floor is seven. Um, and I think if, you know, if you could have got a bet at under 11 and a half when it opened, that would have been a fine bet. It's already, you know, 11 and under 11 and a half has gotten steamed to minus 120. So you made a good bet if you bet under 11 and a half. But I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm not fading this team. This is a fade at your own peril type of team, even with all you know potential for regression, like we talked about. Even if you know Lamar Jackson doesn't, you know, is unable to re- recreate the impossibly good season he had last year, um, I still think 11 and a half is going to be a damn sweaty under. An, an 11, I want no part of. So I'm I'm steering clear of the win total for these guys. I think the best place to you know, to the best. And, you know, my kind of vision for how this season goes for them, uh, they get some wins early. Maybe they even shock the Chiefs because uh, they get them at home. Um, and then they take their lumps in the middle uh, and then just find their form down the stretch. And we get the, you know, kind of, I, I would like them to recreate the Chiefs season of last year in terms of ups and downs. Minus Lamar Jackson getting hurt. I hope Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Never why gets would, hurt. I was just about to give you a check. <laughs> why would you hurt? And, th- and that is the case for an under. If you, if you truly believe in some regression and we have made cases for regression in numerous parts of this, where maybe the defense comes back to earth a little in a few spots, the quarterback isn't going to throw that rate of touchdowns. Maybe he doesn't run for as many yards. And then also it just, he is a running quarterback who's taking a few more hits than an average quarterback. So uh, whenever a quarterback is more likely to get hurt, and it's super hard to predict something like that, you know, if if he were to miss six games, 12 wins seems off the table, even with Archie three. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I don't disagree. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, the threat of of an injury, the threat of regression, I didn't even consider Lamar Jackson for his MVP price, given what it was. No, it sucks. It it was. It's just too tough. Um, And same thing. Like I'm not. I'm not betting him to win the Super Bowl now. I'm not betting him to win the AFC now. Um, And you you know, make a bet on the offense though, if you want to spend a minute on that. Because I bet on Rookie of the Year, Jackie Dobbins. I I don't hate that. No, I think I mean I, I I'm I'm entirely expecting he gets because he's you know, young, fresh. Like I'm entirely expecting he wrestles the uh, RB one role away from um, away from Lamar? Mark Ingram. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm expecting he wrestles the RB two role <laughs> away from Ingram. Yeah. Um, 
but no, I like, do you know what I'm getting at though? Like the way KC's season went last year, like they didn't realize their potential the previous season. They lose that uh, AFC championship heartbreaker to the, uh, to the Pats. And then last year they were amazing off the top and they had their lumps through the middle. A lot of that because of the Mahomes injury, but regardless, like the team overall was, wasn't performing as well. Like the loss to the Texans is a good example last year. Uh, and then they found their form down the stretch and were unstoppable in the playoffs. And that's kind of what you need if you want to win a championship in this league. You don't need to be peaking week 10 on Sunday night football against the Rams. You want to be peaking in, you know, the divisional playoff round weekend and carry that momentum into the into the Super Bowl. So um, I'm hopeful that we see this, this schedule sets up well for the Ravens to uh, to be that team this year. Um, because I really like to see Lamar Jackson get some playoff wins. I would really like to, I'm, I'm hopeful that when they play Pittsburgh on the road, uh, second game, the second time they play Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving week 12, I'm hoping that we have a Ravens team. That's about eight and four, something like that. Right. Maybe they lose that game. They're eight and three. They lose that game to Pittsburgh. They're eight and four. And now Pittsburgh may be eight and four too. Maybe we're talking about, oh man, uh, you know, it's going to be a race down the wire to see who wins the, uh, the AFC North. I reasonably think they can go four and one or five and oh down the home stretch there and pick up the steam needed to be, you know, to be the confident and dynamic and world beating team that they were kind of through the middle part of last season. Um, and I, I want to, I want to, I want to get their future at that point point with a better price than you get now right yeah um and that that leads me to a question of math and gosh i kind of want to ask i kind of want to ask my uh my math guy too what percentage difference do you make these like let's just give them percentage chances to win the super bowl once they're entering the playoffs and nothing weird has happened the season has played out pretty much Normally, we don't have some crazy outlier teams, but you put Baltimore in the two seed, KC in the one, and then flip-flop them. Like, wh- what's the difference in that? Like, how important is that? Because I think it's huge with the with the changes they made. Like, uh, it feels like there there isn't going to be a uh, – and obviously, like, it, it's so common sense to say this. Like, there's teams that say, ah, I guess we're the two seed. Like, we – it would take a lot of things to happen to get the one seed. Like you absolutely can't give up on that dream this year because it's such a big difference in true. I think win probability for the getting to and winning the Super Bowl. Off so the top it, of my head, I think it's about a twenty percent swing. Yeah, that sounds right. Like it's huge to have to play. I want to say game. it's. I'm going to say if you're the two, I think if it's generic, you're the two, you got a twenty five percent chance. You're the one, you got a forty five percent chance. In the new seven-team system, yeah, playing playing an extra game it doesn't matter again. I mean, think of how many playoff games you've seen where a uh, touchdown to double-digit favorite has lost just over the last couple of years. I mean, sure, just in last year's playoffs, the yeah. Saints lost to the Vikings, oh, especially uh, because we think with the likes of the Steelers and the Browns lurking that you're going to have a tough playoff. That wild card round in the AFC, there's going to be some tough games. Yeah, yeah. There had to be three last year: the the Saints, the Vikings, 
the the Titans like every game. I don't know, at least yeah. two. But I mean, it happens every year where there's. It's not a foregone conclusion if you're a touchdown favorite or better in the in the playoffs. Like oh, playing yeah. an extra game adds a whole element of risk to losing that game. You just yeah. It, like it oh, you hey, saying, guess what? Man, the one yeah. seed's important. You really yeah. have to. You really have to grind out a season. It, it sucks for both of these teams. Like, I guess it should never be easy. We don't need to roll out red carpets just because we like the way they play, and they aren't entitled to multiple Super Bowl wins. But don't boy, think- to be to be Lamar or, or Mahomes right now, like it, it sucks that the other one exists because boy, it's uh, it's going to be every year for a long time. I feel. Hopefully think, n- neither uh, of them gets hurt. They're going so they're going from they're going to a seven team playoff. Um they're never going back. <laughs> Once you put that money in the pot, it's not coming back out. Um I can't see some like disaster where they'd be like, Oh, this didn't work. All this revenue. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh do you think we eventually see eight? Because right now you're giving such a meaningful, massive advantage to the one. I could see, I could see teams and owners complaining about that, and a switch to eight isn't nuts. Yeah, I think we're on the road to eight. Anyway, the um, last, I guess, last thought. No, I, I, yeah. I bet there'll be teams that complain, like, oh man, during those three years, like the, you yeah. know, the the Chiefs and whoever only had to play two games. Yeah. Okay, it's week seventeen, Baltimore. Uh, if uh, if the Chiefs win and get the one seed, then you get to play uh, Pittsburgh <laughs> next week. If the Chiefs lose, uh, then you get the bye. <laughs> like the difference between those two outcomes is so uh, it's so unbelievably different. It's wild, um, and yeah, a third. No one wants to play the Steelers a third time. Um, or the Browns for that matter. That's really, it's just a tough, it's a tough con. It's a tough, tough matchup for them. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating. I think we did this pretty fairly. Uh, and the, again, my strategy kind of for the Ravens this year, more than anything is going to be kind of, I'm going to, I'm probably going to take some shots against them. If you're giving me enough points, they're you know, favored in, in every single game. game. <laughs> There's going to be some inflated numbers when, when, you know, we just sat here and, you know, slobbed on their knobs for 40 minutes. And like when, when everyone's in love with the team, the numbers will get inflated and they will be yeah. like, you're going to have to, you're really going to have to plug your nose on some of this. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you want to take Cincinnati like plus 16, that's not going to feel great, but boy. These are some big <laughs> numbers. Yeah, the biggest number on uh, of any uh, uh, of the lookaheads all season is Jaguars, Jaguars. visiting the Ravens minus eighteen. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that one. Um, the yeah, but you're right. Like, especially if they if they get off to this good start, we're expecting you're going to get some fair prices backing the likes of Philly and Pittsburgh, week six and seven. Maybe Indy, New England, nine and ten too. Maybe Tennessee, week eleven. Tennessee's not a great matchup for them. Like those, like that five game, five six game stretch is stretch is really tough. I could see three and three in there. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, we just got to find the three losses and, and take the points in those, or take the money line. 
because it's going to be plus money. Exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm just looking up and down the schedule trying to find a spot where I'm excited to back. And this is where you really got to take two steps back, trust your numbers, look at everything and say, I'm not saying that the Redskins are going to win and we won't be saying the Redskins are going to win. We'll be saying, I don't think the Warriors are going to win, but man, if you give me, if you're going to give me double digit points in that spot, kind of want it. I kind of want it. Yeah. Coming off the case, the Warriors at home, the Warriors at home, the battle for the double digits. Oh my God. The battle for Northern Virginia or whatever. Yeah. DMV. Whew. God, that's not a spot I don't hate. Yeah, I'm not no, even sure. If that was like a triple negative. I'm not sure what I actually. That's not that a spot sense. I don't hate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you uh, let you decipher that, and uh, okay. we'll right. be well, back last, next week with a new division. La- what do you yeah, got? What last, else you got? Last okay. tiny point. Tiny we didn't talk about the coaching much, other than they're freaking smart and we love what they do. Um, it's crazy, 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 crazy that both the Ravens and the Chiefs coaching staffs remained entirely intact. How in the hell did that happen? <laughs> the enti- running it back. We were running it back. It's no one got they weren't McVay. They weren't some cute college coach. Like freaking I mean, crazy. Who are it's the crazy. new? Co- I mean, can you name all the new coaches? What it's uh, Joe Judge. Joe special Judge. Teams, special oh. teams coach from uh, from the from the Pats. Yeah, uh, Rule. Matt yeah, Rule. Straight yep. out of college. Yep. Um, you McCarthy, got McCarthy, uh, which is the. Ultimate yep. retread and Ron Rivera retread, but I kind of like I don't I don't mind that either. Him. Actually, he's um, still a smart guy. Yeah, yeah, it, kind of you're, exactly you're right. That franchise um, and then and then <laughs> a playoff team's offensive coordinator to the Browns, like that. That's the yeah. common one. Like, oh yeah, they they were a good team. They made the playoffs. They won a game. Like, we're gonna poach one of their coordinators. Like, yeah, that's the move. And it, it is wild that two, three of the best teams that didn't. They didn't. Did the Niners lose anyone? I don't. No, I don't think so either. Like all the no. really, really good teams, they didn't <laughs> rich, really lose. Rich, rich get richer, man. It's freaking and, crazy. And even yeah, New, New England. They still have Josh Daniels. You they know. lost their special teams coach, Joe Judge, though. Yeah, that's big. And nobody's gonna. <laughs> nobody's gonna hire Steve Belichick. Year, He's too. a. He looks like a serial killer. <laughs> Is he a serial killer? Um, anyway, no. So that that was one observation, which is just wow. This coaching staff stays together. Should Second we pat on was, the back though? Like we talked about Greg Roman last year for sure. Oh, yeah. oh, we're yeah, like yeah. he's the guy who made he's cap. The, he's the guy who made RG. Was it RG three too? Uh, no, he was Kaepernick, and uh, RG three was Shanahan's offense. Yeah, I'm trying to think. He had another like mobile quarterback that he made work out pretty well. Oh no, I gotta look it up. Um, but yeah, no, that that's you keep talking. I'll look it do up. Do you think? Do you think that other teams around the league are going to steal the some of the key approaches to, um, you know what the what the Ravens have done well in terms of utilizing when to go for it, things like that? Do you like like are are we going to look around and be like, wow, that really was the future of the NFL? Now everybody's doing it, or are if people determined to learn the hard way? We're going to have to see them win a Super Bowl or two Super Bowls before people really truly <laughs> emulate it. I think little column A, little column B, there's going to be stubborn teams. 
like for sure there'll be stubborn teams that want no part of that, but the smart teams will get on it and you would hope because it, it, it's a better brand of football. Nobody wants to see a 23 yard field goal. Like yeah. at all. Like that that's terrible. That that's a terrible play. Even even people who aren't, you know, sitting down and with a pencil and doing the math know like that sucks. That's you were so close. If you don't get it, they have a million yards to go. Like, you should just go for this. You're punching it down their throat whenever you want anyway. You just went for – that's what drives me nuts is when you see a team go for and convert a fourth down and then later on in the drive pass on it when they're inconsistent about it for some reason. You know, you, you'll see a team – remember uh, Sean Payton? That one game where he decided to go for like every fourth down always. I do. Just I do. It was against the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If he had to, something to prove against the Ravens there, but boy, that was uh that was a ton of fun. Like, I'd, I'd love to see more teams go that way. It's a better brand of football and it's the right way to play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, that was fun. AFC North. I'm excited for all of these games, even the Bengals games. These are going to be great. Black and blue division. <laughs> it's going to no be super lost. fun. No love lost. All right, I'll let you go. Have fun talking yeah. golf. We, Good luck this we weekend and we don't even know. We yeah. have no idea what the next division is going to be. We have to no decide out, off the air here. So it will be a surprise. We'll be just as surprised as you. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, good luck at the three M. You going to go? Are they no fans? They're not letting fans. I wanted oh, to. Bummer. Next year. Next year. Thanks, Kareem. Uh, <laughs> seriously um who you got by the way harris english i saw yeah see your one somebody's, shot one kill somebody's trying to talk me into doc redmond and it sucks because i like doc redmond quite a bit so i might have a, another fomo pick that's the only guy that i saw that i that popped for me i think this is going to be another scoring weekend isn't it yeah for sure you need guys who can who get a lot of opportunities and can sink some scoring especially on the I think the, the part threes are pretty tough so hopefully you find some guys that can score get a lot of opportunities on the fives and have good irons to get some opportunities on all the fours that's what you're gonna need nice all right well have fun good luck betting continue your winning ways keep destroying the golf market and uh, we'll talk on uh, Monday yep sounds good to you